0: This is Dale Calvert. The title of this podcast this week is Capitalism, Free Enterprise, and the Importance of the Network Marketing Business Model in Today's World. Years ago, I think it was Earl Nightingale said that if we took the wealth of the world and divided it equally, that within five years it would be back in the hands of the wealthy. And I remember the first time I heard about that and I thought about it and it was like, what is he really saying? That's not true. Would that really happen? But the people that have built their wealth, and that's important, built it, self-made entrepreneurs, I'm not talking about necessarily old money, generational wealth. Uh, I remember I shared on a podcast recently where it's been reported that uh most second generation business owners, it was like almost 70% end up going bankrupt. Why? Because they didn't build it. Uh, but what Earl was, and again, this was recent statistics that I saw, but Earl was saying that when people have the discipline and the, they take the time to get personally educated on finances, finances and debt, And so on and so forth, those people that become educated, and we all have the opportunity to do that, uh, ultimately are the ones financially that put themselves in an advantage. Put themselves in an advantage. So, again, if we take the wealth of the world divided equally, within five years, we'd be back in the hands of the wealthy that may be somewhat of an overstatement but over time that's kind of the way things work in a free enterprise system you know and a lot of you have heard me talk about in some of the advanced trainings that we do in uh, the MLM Leadership Development Academy uh, you've heard me say that the goal of network marketing is to put yourself in a situation where you don't need the check from your company to live a comfortable lifestyle. That's when you really won in network marketing. It's not that, you know, you, you were living on $4,000 a month and now you're making $22,000 a month and all of a sudden you're you're successful. One of the biggest mistakes people have made over the years in this profession is, you know, they, they – they, we're living on four or five thousand dollars a month they start making nine thousand dollars a month and spending 15 trying to keep up with the joneses it's happened many 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 times in this profession you know how many how many people have joined network marketing qualified their first month for uh, whatever the car is uh, the car bonus and then six months later they're out of the business and responsible for a four-, five-, six-year lease payment on an automobile. Why? Because improper decisions, bad decisions. Look, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer in this podcast. I think there's more opportunity, upside potential than at any time in history. I sincerely believe that. But, you know, since I've started this podcast, my message has been pretty consistent for network marketers that it's time to turn the ship around. It's time to return to the roots that develop uh, this profession to begin with. Y'all heard me talk about how network marketing was born out of the personal development movement, and then it had major growth and then how we got away from the core fundamentals and we ended up in the state that we're in today. Within the profession, I believe it's really time to give ourselves and each other the respect this business model deserves and continue to call out every company and every individual that tells the masses what they need to hear just so they can sell them what they want to sell them. I believe that. I believe that uh, doing the right thing, telling the truth is always the right thing to do. You know, and you know, at the time of this recording, I'm in the middle of March Madness. Uh, that's one of my favorite times of the year. A lot of passion, a lot of emotion. You know, Kentucky has moved on to the Sweet 16, so needless to say, we're fired up about that. I love this time of year. Uh, I, I we got to spend uh, th- almost three weeks in Kentucky, I got to see my granddaughter play in her YMCA tournament. Uh, it's been a great. Time. I love March. I love March Madness. But during this time when I've had downtime, when my brain has been numb, I've been doing a lot of research preparing for this particular episode. Uh, And and to me, it appears that the world is moving kind of into two camps. Camp number one, I'll call it the entrepreneur camp, and we're all included in that if we're involved in the network marketing profession. But there's a lot of different entrepreneurial business models. People are are being an entrepreneur is cool today. Everybody's got their side gig going on, and that's awesome. And then there's also those in camp two, which I will just simply call the dependents. Pundits, I didn't say pundits. I said dependents. They're dependent upon their job. They're dependent upon their boss. They're dependent upon the government. They're dependent upon somebody else for their day-to-day survival. Again, I will tell you, you have not made it in network marketing. And, and the beautiful part about network marketing, it gives you the opportunity to create enough income to take care of your, your needs and then take the excess income and invest it in income-generating uh, assets – that ultimately can get you to a point where you don't need the check from your company to live a comfortable lifestyle. In my opinion, that's the beauty that's should be the goal of every serious career minded network marketer that ever joins a company, put myself in a position, give myself the opportunity to put myself in a situation where I never need the check from my company. To live a comfortable lifestyle because instead of making fourteen thousand and spending twenty, you know, live comfortably and invest in income-generating assets, whether that be real estate or tax lien certificates, or uh, a, a Motel Six franchise <laughs> or whatever. But find an income-generating assets that you can put your money in. And, you know, and I talk about, I've talked about this many times, go through the toy stage, you know, take your family to Hawaii, buy a Dodge Viper, go through the toy stage, build your dream home. But ultimately, before you build your dream home, in my opinion, you should put yourself in a situation where you can stay in the home you're in or the condo or the apartment that you're in and you have a, a, income stream that's coming in that's there regardless of whether your company's in business next month or not. Uh, so again, we see the world kind of moving into two camps. You can call it givers and takers. You can call it whatever you want to call it. And again, we've done a lot of research and taken a ton of notes over the last month or so, really last couple of years, and tried to pull it together from you know, people like Porter Stansberry and Dave Ramsey, Robert Kiyosaki, and many more. And what I do is I tend to read publications that don't accept advertising. They don't manage money. In other words, they don't want you to invest with them in their mutual fund. And they don't appear to be really politically slanted. Uh, that's what I try to do. That, uh, again, I think in today's world, uh, part of becoming self-educated is being able to eliminate as many voices as you possibly can. So if someone has an, an an interest, I try to always look behind the curtain. If somebody has an interest in me investing my money with them, uh, I would tend to not pay as much attention and over the years, you start developing reliable sources of information. Uh, many organizations uh, today are in a situation where their hands are just tied. Uh, look at the major newspapers. You know they can't offend advertisers. You know Amazon owns the Washington Post, and you know there's a lot of those that depend upon politicians just so they can get their financial license renewed every year. So, you know, some are forced to maybe not speak their mind because their hands are tied. So again, I look for sources of information that operate under the protection of the First Amendment so they can afford to be brutally honest about whatever it is that they feel is most important to their audience. Uh, I believe in no fluff, you know, when we started MLM now back in the nineties, mid nineties, you know, it was all about network marketing support services, MLM no fluff network marketing training. That was it. No fluff. Uh, I, I don't want to tell people what they want to hear. So they'll buy what they want to buy. I, I can't live that way. I don't sleep at night. If that's where I was coming from. And some of you know, people have called our office trying to buy different programs. And if we ask a few questions and see that they're not ready, we won't want to sell it to them. Uh, We would we would rather uh, refer them somewhere uh, to another program, because I believe you learn this business and team building ideas very sequentially. I sincerely do. So I appreciate those people that are not pundits who speak their opinion, even when I personally dis- disagree with what they're saying and what they're thinking. You know, I, I appreciate people that are passionate about what they believe, even if they're and sincere, even if they're sincerely wrong. As Jim Rohn said, don't mistake sincerity with truth because some people are sincerely wrong. So what I'm going to talk about you know some people this is not gonna set well with some of you and i I understand that and I appreciate it, but for me to maintain sanity sometimes, I just gotta get stuff out of my head uh, you know, out of my journals and you know, I sincerely believe we've hit a serious tipping point in America and in the free world. And I understand we have as many or more people that listen to this podcast from outside the United States than we do within the United States and Canada. So my thoughts are coming from an entrepreneur, been an entrepreneur all my life living in the United States of America standpoint, but I hope everyone listening will receive some kind of value from what I need to share here. Again, you know, I believe the network marketing business model offers so many answers that are desperately needed in the world today. I believe we live in the most exciting, yes, yet frustrating times in the world for many people. Many believe everything is setting up for the end times, and I can't argue that narrative Uh I know that as a Christian we're told occupy until I return and to me that means don't put your head in the sand to try to make a difference to to try to have an impact, a positive impact from people. All any of us can do is learn, live, learn from our mistakes. We've all made major mistakes, and you know, as I get older I look back and it's like I can I can count on one hand like Major mistakes that if I hadn't made them, uh, life would have been a lot uh, different for me. Uh, and so I think as you get older, you know, life is to be lived forward, understood, looking backwards. And I think when you we all look back, it's like if I hadn't made that mistake, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done this, it's the thing. It's the decisions that we personally make that positively and negatively affect our life the most. And everybody's going to make mistakes. So when you do, you have to live, learn, and understand there's there's still a path for you. There's still a path. There's a path. There's, there's, there's a purpose. Live, learn from mistakes, and continue to move forward, trying to make a positive impact on everybody that we come in contact with. You know, over the years, I've referenced the quote from Edmund Burke several times on different trainings and webinars and Edmund said, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women, good people, to do nothing. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. Edmund Burke and you know, there's a lot of people right now that are calling for the reset to reset the American financial system in ways you can't imagine, I can't imagine, and I believe would be an absolute nightmare. So, as fellow entrepreneurs, uh, I'm sure I don't have to tell you that there's a radical socialist movement brewing in America, and it has been for a year or so, and is gaining steam. You know, in 2019, uh, I was looking the other day and New York mayor, uh, he recently said, brothers and sisters, there's plenty of money in the world. There's plenty of money in this city. It's just in the wrong hands. That's from the mayor of New York. And in Congress, you've got people like Senator Cory Booker, uh, uh, Kirsten Gillibrad, Jeff Merkley and others that are putting together right now a proposal in which the federal federal government would guarantee every american a job and you're hearing buzz terms like living wage and so on and so forth okay we're hearing that more and more and my entire entrepreneur career, my entire adult life, I've been very vocal about the fact that most Americans take the free enterprise system for granted. I have said, if you want a nine to five job, you can go to a communist or a socialist comp- country and have that. I mean, I- I've been astounded really over my life uh, by the number of people that are good, honest, hardworking people but they think they're entitled to a good job and you know i've spent a lot of time in other countries and i never will forget the first time that that i crossed over the border into mexico and the poverty there was just heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking and you understand why so many people want to come to america why F- to get a good job not not most foreigners not most foreign people that come to America a, a lot of them don't come to America for for a good job necessarily most my experience come to America because it ha- we offer the free enterprise system the opportunity to live free and to build whatever you have the guts and the determination and the willingness to get self-educated about and make mistakes, and build something that can be passed down from generation to generation. And America, we've kind of taken that for granted, and we take the, the free enterprise system for granted, and we we tend to create an entitlement of, I deserve a good job. You know, I've talked about the network marketing business model from this standpoint as well, if being a good person was all that was required to become financially independent in network marketing, then most of the people that join network marketing would be financially independent. So I've spent time in countries that lived under socialism and communism for years, and I remember, and never will forget, the first time that I went to Budapest, Hungary, and the people there were just. I mean, it, it just affected me in a very positive way because they would lived under a communism, you know, in recent years. The first time I was there and, and the excitement and the thankfulness of being involved in free enterprise system and the network marketing, it was just overwhelming. I mean, I remember the first I couldn't believe it was like four or five thousand people in the crowd. Uh, they had these recording booths. Set up, and as I was speaking, they were translating into five different languages, and people that were just hungry for opportunity and for free enterprise and for doing something extraordinary. Uh, you know, and today in, in the United States, we've got like the 29 year old Congresswoman uh, Cortez, you know, and, and I listened to her on, on TV. Sometimes when I have to. And it's like, does she, does anybody hear what she's really saying? It's, 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 do they really hear what this lady's saying? And and again, you do some research and you realize she's a Bernie Sanders activist who supports just about every socialist scheme imaginable, including Free medical care for everybody, free college for everybody, and also tax rate, uh, tax rate hikes. You know, we're talking 70% tax rates. And then you've got a po- economist, you know, like Paul Grugman, who's made the case that 70% taxes are not high enough. It's That's too low. And he's for pushing for 80% tax rate, 80%. And then you've got uh, the Democratic presidential candidate, Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who recently was talking about, uh, you know, jumping on the bandwagon that we need to have an annual wealth tax that would give the government like $3 trillion in, in the years to come. She was talking about we need to have a wealth tax. And, you know, I can remember uh, at a young age being in excess of $50,000 in debt uh, and owing the IRS years of back taxes and just the feeling of help- helplessness. I can remember that. And, and. So, I understand how this rhetoric uh, may appeal to some people and, and, and some people in network marketing. And at this point in my life, you know, it's just incredible to me that all across America, the general public seems to be eating up this message. You know, there was a poll in Bloomberg that says, of voters are in favor of much higher taxes. How can that be sold? And membership in the Democratic Socialist of America, uh, that organization has grown 790% in the last two years. And there was another Gallup poll that said, more Democrats today, and again, I'm not. This is not political. I'm just restating facts. More Democrats today now have a positive view on socialism. They said 57 percent than they do on capitalism, which was only 47 percent. And again, this is a Gallup poll. So I would ask, what's happening to the free enterprise system? What's happening in the United States of America? Where's all this headed? What does it mean to serious network marketers who are building a residual income stream? And I'm just going to share a few facts that politicians are kind of – they want to avoid and why this socialist trend has really erupted in America and why working class Americans have gotten dramatically poor over the The past 40 years, you know, the middle class really is kind of disappearing. And, you know, there's no question that some people, a lot of CEOs and tech entrepreneurs and other members of the quote unquote 1% are doing great. Uh, There's never been a better time for wealthy Americans, but the truth is for most people, most people, the middle class the situation's getting worse and worse. And there's a real reason, in my opinion, why the rich are getting richer while everyone else is falling behind and why this socialism popularity has erupted in America. And I you know, most people <laughs> are not willing to talk about it especially on a network marketing podcast but i think that once you understand it you'll see why millions of americans uh... for many um, millions of americans socialism is kind of gaining mass appeal and why i believe a crisis is definitely coming and I'm talking about a crisis, a political event, unlike anything we've seen in the United States for nearly 50 years, and how the reset of the financial system uh, is something that I believe can probably happen in, in ways that most Americans and most people that are involved in the free enterprise systems around the world uh, can't even imagine and will ultimately create a, a worldwide nightmare and again, you know I'm not going to get into the, uh, Bible prophecy on this podcast, but a lot of it kind of alls coming together at the same time and so what I'm going to share with you it's hard to explain clearly and simply, but I really believe it is why so many people just seem to be angry. Angry is the best way to play, to, to, to say it. Uh, our nation, in the United States at least, I'm sure people around the world have noticed, has become a real financial, cultural, and democratic pressure cooker. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, riots everywhere and protests in Charlottesville and Ferguson and Milwaukee and Baltimore and the list goes on and on. And we've seen, you know, the football players refusing to stand for the national anthem and, you know, all kinds of arguments about the wall and immigration and, you know, a, a growing popularity of Radical fringe groups like uh, white supremacists and Black Lives Matter. And and people are saying, well, Dale, you shouldn't say Black Lives Matter is a radical fringe group. To me, whether we're talking about white supremacy, uh, KKK, whatever you want to talk about, the point being that these groups are growing, uh, uh, the uprising and protests may have something to do with race and and I believe they do or Donald Trump or police brutality or whatever you you want to protest about but I believe and this is kind of my main point for network markers I believe what they're really all about underneath it all is just frustration about money debt, and hopelessness. I think that's underneath all of the distrust and, and frustrations that people are feeling. Deep concerns that the network marketing business model can answer for people around the world. Money, debt, and hopelessness, network marketing has some answers for people. And, you know, you might hear the mainstream press and politicians talking about wealth equality and re-fencing our wealth equality when they're referencing our country's social problems and political polarization, but what they don't tell you is that the growing disparity between the rich and poor in America is a symptom of our problem, but it's not the root cause. It's not the root cause. Yes, today the richest 10% of America owns 75% of the nation's wealth, a level that we haven't seen in this country since the 30s. You know, So there's no question that's reality. But what is the real problem? Well, it isn't that a small number of Americans have been done extremely well. The problem is how they've done well. And again, I can't get into all this in great detail, but I want to kind of hit the highlights because I think it'll be very valuable as you move forward and you're working with people and you're helping people build their business and why you don't want to sell them that which they don't need so you can make a measly you know 30 or 50 percent commission that you want to lead guide direct help people become all they can be because for me w- what i think's really driving the anger and radical politics and growing cynicism in our society is while the richer are getting richer the middle class are losing ground. Uh, you know, for the for most Americans, real wages have stagnated, have stagnated, stag have become stagnant, and they've been falling for years. The middle class, which is the most politically and economically stable part of society. Is disappearing let me say that again the middle class which is the most politically and economically stable part of society is disappearing the foundation of the middle class in America was a long has a long history had a long history for consistently rising wages year after year after year for millions of America, of Americans, you know, the, the generation kind of before me, uh, they, they could expect to go to work, get a good education, go to work for a good company and work hard, and life would get a little better year after year as the value of their wages, their value and their wages increased, and the, the economy Grew into the world's largest economy in the world. But that's not really happening today. And there's reasons for that. Low income earners now make less in real terms than they did in 1980, 1980. And the middle class, middle class people, during that same time period, have received about, have just made 6% more than they were making back in 1980. So that's an increase of 0.00172% a year since 1980. Can you imagine your boss telling you for 34 straight years, that you're never going to get more than a 0.00172% raise each year. Can you imagine that because of inflation and, and other economic factors? So no wonder people are angry and stressed. They've been going to work year after year, but instead of earning more over time, they've actually been earning less in terms of what their wages can actually buy. Despite the, the boom over the last few years in the U.S. economy and financial assets over the past 30 years, which boosted the wealth and income of the wealthiest Americans like never before, average Americans are actually worse off than they were a decade ago. And so they've been forced to borrow more and more mon- money just simply to keep up. You know, if we just stop and think about our friends and people that you know and how much more debt these people have to take on just to keep their heads above water. And some of it is brought upon ourselves. I mean, I look at people that have kids that are playing sports and they're traveling all over. I mean, in in elementary school, they've got travel teams and they're traveling and they're playing different sports and cheerleading groups and acrobats and so on and so forth. Everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses. In some case, that's not the only factor; it's not even the most important. But it used to be that most Americans didn't hold debt outside of a mortgage on their for, for, uh, outside a mortgage on their first home. Their first home. That's the way uh, the generation before me operated. I can remember. Vaguely, when credit cards were first introduced into the marketplace, some of you listening to this podcast remember a world when there was no such thing as a credit card. So again, most Americans didn't hold any kind of debt outside of a mortgage on their first, for first home. That was it. But now, almost forty years after almost forty years of declining real wages. Americans now have to go into serious amounts of jet debt just about just about on every single thing that they buy that of any significance. Americans now have more than 1.5 trillion dollars just in college debt for example. College debt and it's not just college loans that have just soared. Americans have more than $1 trillion in credit card debt and more than $1 trillion in auto loan debt. All are record highs. It's gotten so bad that 73% of Americans now, today, die with the debt. With debt. The average American dies with a total of $60,000 in debt. Stop and think about that. We live in the greatest free enterprise system the world's ever known. And we work hard our whole life and die owing $60,000 on average. And being in debt is an incredibly stressful way to live. Some of you are probably there now. Most of us have been there at some point in our lives. It's incredibly stressful. You're in a hole, and there seems to be no way out. So it's really no surprise that deaths by drugs and poisoning uh, from the bottom 60% of Americans' population have doubled doubled since the year of 2000. Since, since the year 2000, people take overdosing. The deaths by overdose has increased 60% since 2000. Guys, that, that's, that's sad. And suicide rates have doubled also since 2000. It's really kind of unfathomable. It's just unfathomable. It's unbelievable that this is happening in the greatest country with the strongest free enterprise system on earth. It just doesn't make sense. And unfortunately, most people feel the problem isn't going to get much 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 better than anything, it's just going to get worse and worse. And I sincerely believe that the network marketing profession can help eliminate this crisis, not just in the United States, but around the world. The network marketing business model can be a major part of the solution. Tens of millions of Americans are desperate, and people around the world are desperate because they have no way out, and they feel hopeless. And sooner or later, hopelessness and desperation are going to lead to violent and radical problems. As we're starting to see more and more of in and outside of the United States. There's nothing worse than feeling hope, no hope and desperate. And this enormous political powder keg. I believe is leading to the biggest political event that our country has seen in, in, well, really, ever. And it's just sad to me that so many people become trapped in a cycle of poverty. The, The underlying economic problem in America today is that money no longer flows to everyone the way it used to. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. As the United States has gotten richer, the rich have gotten richer than ever, the income disparity widens every single year. And most people don't really understand why in the world is this happening. And the real underlying cause of our wealth and income disparity in America is that wages are no longer connected to gains in product productivity. Okay, and I'm going to get a little bit more into this and we're going to wrap up. But understand, guys, network marketing gains are directly connected to productivity. And I know this sounds like a lot of... A lot of economic doublespeak but stick with me here because when you understand this concept you'll be way ahead of 99% of the population It will also help you make a lot of money and avoid enormous losses so let me explain what it what it means it's not complicated if you've ever seen a cryptocurrency pitch you've heard this and again this podcast has nothing to do with crypto Again, there ain't no foo-foo dust, guys. There ain't no foo-foo dust. Okay, there is no foo-foo dust. Uh, I'm not anti-crypto, but we've all seen the flim-flam crypto programs come and go. And I think blockchain and cryptocurrency is part of history. Uh, but you can look back in. The, the the early part of the 20th century, and during that time in America, the Industrial Revolution, economic gains were shared by both owners and workers. And when you think about Henry, Henry Ford, for example, I mean, he got rich making the automobile affordable with the assembly line. And the assembly line created a huge increase in productivity for workers, and these gains in productivity flowed to Ford, but also to his employees. Ford made headlines uh, back in in 1914, I think it was 1915. He made headlines when he doubled the minimum pay. And his plants just in one night made the decision and doubled everybody was making minimum pay he doubled it and that was back in 1914 1915 and we have to stop and think well why don't why don't companies do this why don't why doesn't this happen anymore why have real wages declined for most Americans despite huge gains in productivity over the last several decades why why is it set up this way and what's really going on because it's not just that computers and robots are destroying jobs or that we've moved jobs overseas I mean I mean uh, yes there's that's a small part of it computers robots and jobs overseas but Back in Henry Ford's days and decades after, productivity, a measure of how effective you were producing goods and services and income gains, it kind of moved hand in hand. I remember when I was putting together, uh, putting the keyboard and the motor and the correcting selectric typewriter at IBM, and all my numbers were documented and my efficiency rates were documented. And my annual increases were based upon my numbers and my efficiency rates. Okay, it moved hand in hand. But then something happened uh, as the Economic Policy Institute states that from 1973 to 2016, net productivity rose 73 0.7 percent, while the hourly pay essentially stagnated, increasing only 12.5 percent over 43 years. This means, although Americans are working more and more productive than ever, the fruits of their labor have primarily uh, accrued to those at the top of, of the companies, and the focus has been upon stockholders and corporate profits especially in recent years and this really began around 1971 the year President Nixon removed the U.S. dollar from the gold standard and this is something that's really worth investigating if it's something that interests you but understanding the gold standard but why this is so important is because paper money printed out of thin air doesn't transmit gains and protect and productivity like real sound uh, money should when money is sound and reliable it doesn't lose lose value over time in fact, just the opposite it buys more and more because. Of increases in productivity and efficiency but the link between productivity and wages was permanently changed in the early 70s again when Nixon forever broke the link between our dollar and gold and as a result today our monetary system isn't considered sound or stable because it's no longer on the gold standard and, you know, we all watch our politicians monkey around with the money supply, the Fed constantly. They increase the amount of money by huge amounts in response to demands from uh, powerful groups, especially the banks. And as a result, the things you need to live a regular life, like gasoline and milk and housing and medical care constantly get more and more expensive the prices go up and up and up year after year even when wages don't uh you know this this whole health care fiasco if any of you are paying for your own health insurance in the united states uh you know i feel sorry for you because i am and it's been an absolute nightmare i could do five podcasts on what we've had to go through with healthcare coverage. And I'm not going to bore you with that because we all have our own challenges, but it's been a nightmare. And even though there's been an enormous amount of wealth created by our economy, especially over the last 10 years, when you look at all the huge new houses and condos and skyscrapers and electric cars, uh, life for the average American hasn't improved that much. The average worker has sincerely gotten poorer over the last ten years. And again, it's not because our economy hasn't gotten better. Our economy has boomed. Enormous amounts of productivity. Uh you know, we've we've seen in you know recent years technologies like personal computers and cell phones and the internet and GPS. Uh, and increasing fuel economy for automobiles. I mean, you've seen these gains in in your everyday life as I have and everybody else has, but on the other hand, everything you need to live and prosper from food to housing to healthcare to cars and education has gotten way, way more expensive. I mean, I can tell you the first time I – I retired at age 39, and I'm, you know, uh, and it's like you kind of have an expectation of, you know, what you're going to need, and you're good to go, and and again, it was because of the network marketing business model, you know, and because of investments, but, you know, I, I, I think about it today. I mean, Don and I have gotten five kids educated. You know, gotten five kids educated, and and that was mm, ten times more than I had anticipated. And those of you that have kids in college know exactly what I'm talking about. So everything continues to rise, 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 rise. Prices, health care, continues to go up. And the rich get richer. And the middle class is getting squeezed out and you've got the lower economic levels around the world getting more and more and more and more frustrated. I mean, you can look at the price of a brand-new Ford F-150 pickup. Just for example, it's a best-selling vehicle in America, and it has been for decades. In 1969, a brand-new truck was $2,500 but today a new F150 costs about 30,000 just for the base model for an F150 and if you if you get one that really you'd actually want to drive the cost is about 45,000 now if you think about that that's almost an entire year of after tax wages for the average worker this all means that some people in america are doing phenomenal but when you look at huge increases in the number of american billionaires it's it's just unbelievable and you look at how many more planes aircraft companies are selling you look at the cars ford and gm are selling all over the world You look at the way the uh, United States entertainment industry just dominates movies around the world and the way tech firms in the United States like Apple and Google and Facebook just absolutely rule the Internet. I mean, all that's been really great for savvy investors and for people that were tech savvy investors. But what about the average American? I mean, these terrific gains haven't impacted most wage earners because the gains in productivity and technology didn't flow through our entire economy the way they should and the way that it used to. These gains in productivity, especially the improvements in technology, should have made our currency much, much stronger and should have made everything you buy from Ford trucks to milk cheaper. But that's what not. That's not what happened, as all you guys know. Instead, the cost of just about everything has gone up, and I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about way up, the, and that's because no matter how big gain, uh, the gains are in productivity, how much productivity there is, the government, politicians, and their minions at the Federal Reserve have always continued. To create more money and sometimes they do it by creating a lot of new credit and Sometimes by simply printing trillions of new dollars out of thin air and all of this new money always causes prices to rise more than productivity and That's kind of what's been going on especially for the last 35 40 years in the United States because wages are no longer again connected to productivity over time there's nothing that the middle-class average American do to stay ahead of inflation over time in network marketing again I, I would ask you are wages connected to productivity and of course we all know that we absolutely absolutely are network marketing if you develop the skill sets and mindsets to develop a team a productive team then your income is is connected directly to that now granted you can join a thousand network marketing companies but a hundred percent of zero is still zero how valuable is it to to be able to share with people in the world around the world the correct skill sets and mindsets that build teams in a business model where your income is connected to production and there are no limits on your upside income potential. Think about that again. Just, we gotta understand the power of this business model and the impact that it can make, not just for us personally, but on the world. How valuable is it to be able to share with people in the world the correct? Skill sets and mindsets that build teams and a business model where your income is connected to your production and has no upside limits or potential, unlimited potential. So, you know, we're in a world where most Americans have been forced to borrow in a way that is unprecedented in our history. U.S. consumers now have more than $13 trillion in total debt the highest debt level ever, and even more than that was owed uh, by consumers before the crash in 2007. And in many cases, it's just to pay for food, housing, cars, education, health care, and basic expenses. We owe a trillion dollars on our credit cards, on our credit cards, That can have interest rates as high as 28%. We've borrowed a trillion dollars in America to buy new cars, brand new cars, which plummet in value the minute you drive off the lot. The minute you drive off the lot, the value goes down. Makes no sense. Uh, We've racked up $1.5 trillion for college diplomas with dubious worth you know and I talked about this in detail way back in 2012 when I in my book you know how to get rich without a college education you know and again I'm not putting down college uh, but for you know four of our five of uh, Donna and children are college graduates but you know it was like go to school, get a good education, go to work for a good company. At this point, it has to be beyond obvious. That's not the answer. The debt low for working poor has nearly quadrupled in the past 20 years as a percentage of their income, and and this debt, in many cases, will never be repaid. It's It's the system that dooms every average worker out of middle class and into poverty and almost guarantees that the rich and powerful will stay that way. Simply working harder or even working smarter isn't benefiting employees anymore. But Americans who own assets and businesses for the most part have seen their wealth soar over the last 40 years and again i ask you when have you really made it in network marketing you've really made it when you can live a comfortable when you can live a comfortable lifestyle without the check from your company when you invest in income producing assets that will provide you cash flow that will enable you to live a very comfortable life. And, you know, we're left right now in the United States with the biggest income and wealth disparity in America in nearly 100 years between the real wealthy and the poor. And for those who've taken on these incredible new debt loads, it's a very stressful way to live. So many Americans today are in a hole and they feel extremely stressed out and they feel like they have no way out. And that ultimately is the problem because this group is growing, its stress is growing, its anger is building and ultimately fueling many of today's biggest issues, of today's biggest controversies. I think it's why you see huge surges in the number of people joining the Democratic Socialist of America, organizations like that. Again, I believe it's why a large increase in the percentage of The population favors socialism it's why we see more and more radicalized social movements and the resurgence of neo-nazi groups and the rise of anti- capitalist it's why you see the tearing down of historic statues and why according to a recent study more young people now prefer socialism than they do capitalism it's why we have the highest Ever percentage of people on food stamps, double the amount that we've ever had. And you know, I'm all for giving people a hand up, but living off the government and off w- working people's tax dollars has really become a lifestyle. Uh, you know, it's. Be- I mean, there's two or three generations of people that have learned how to live off. The government and and we're all aware of that. It's you know in some states nearly ten percent of working age adults receive disability payments, ten percent. And you can blame it on the lawyers. You can blame it on whatever you want. Uh, I mean, the, all the uprising and protests. You know, again, I believe the bottom line is simply that people are extremely frustrated, and the the thing that we're going to hear more and more about, uh, without question, the thing that we're going to hear more and more about is understanding, I think really understanding when you're in the marketplace and you're recruiting and you're working with people, you've got to understand That most of the stress and you see people making stupid comments on social media, it's just trying to get people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, You know, in many cases, it's just really about money, debt and economics. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you understand the value of network marketing. You understand the impact positive impact you can have on the world when we do things the right way. Zig told us, you can have anything in life you want. If you help enough other people, get what they want. And network marketers should, should when people join the network marketing business model and then they leave for whatever reason, they should be better off than when they started. They should be better people. They should have more wisdom, more knowledge than when they started. And if they go on and do great things in other business models, we should applaud that. You know, there's many people that are predicting a dramatic political and economic event. Uh, uh, A lot of people are calling it the Jubilee. The Jubilee is coming. Uh, Already, millions of Americans are starting to call for the government's got to do something. The government's got to do something. And, you know the calls for higher tax rates, tax rates on the wealthy. Uh, what do they call it? the, I can't remember the tax that they call it, the wealthy tax or whatever. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, the bigger step, which is, has been mentioned and endorsed by many of the most powerful uh, politicians in Washington. Uh, is to clean the slate, quote unquote, to wipe out debts and quote unquote reset the financial system. The crowds are cheering this message like never before. The and if and when this happens, the violence will escalate. Our politicians are now promising this reset of the financial system as a way to a new and better prosperity. Total BS. Uh, you know, those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And while it might sound like good news to those who've gotten in over their head, what will really happen is a national nightmare. And again, I think about the 20-year-old something with three kids and over 50000 in debt. And I think about Dale Cal- that Dale Calvert, and I think about some of the, the stuff that's being spewed in the marketplace and, I, and I'm thinking, would that Del Calvert be able to see behind the curtain and really understand what that really means? Uh, but, you know, we become a world of self-absorbed people who are really only concerned about what's in it for me. And I've talked against this and about this within the network marketing profession, but we're going way beyond the network marketing profession. We're talking about something that all entrepreneurs need to be aware of to see this Idea of let's just erase debts and reset the financial system. It's really not new. You know, it goes back all the way to the Bible. Uh, Back then it was referred to as a jubilee. Uh, The jubilee, if you're unfamiliar with the term, it comes from the Old Testament, uh, Leviticus chapter 25. And a jubilee in that Jewish tradition was said to occur about every 50 years. Uh, It was a time for total forgiveness of debt, the freeing of slaves, and the returning of lands. Uh, Pope Boniface proclaimed the first jubilee in 1300. And since then, it's been used dozens of times when anger among a population hits extreme levels typically because of an explosive divide divide between the wealthy and the working class i mean it's been throughout history and now millions of americans are calling for a new debt jubilee it's it's just it's just astounding to me you know people from harvard and uh, Stephen Roach of Yale uh, are major advocates for a debt jubilee in, in some form, and and you're hearing many other, you know, political pundits in Congress, and more than a half dozen jubilee-style laws have been proposed, you know, just in in the last year or so. Uh, London School of Economics professor David Graeber says we are long overdue for some kind of biblical-style jubilee. It would relieve so much genuine human suffering. And the National Affairs correspondent for the uh, for the Nation says. We should think Jubilee American style because it combines a sense of social justice with old fashioned common sense. And it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, a senior, uh, uh, Paul, what's Kedorowski? Kedorowski. He's a senior fellow over at the Kauffman Foundation, which if you don't know anything about the Kauffman Foundation, it's a liberal, major liberal think tank. And, you know, he's reporting we need need a fresh start. We need it now. We need a jubilee. That's a direct quote. We need a jubilee. Uh, A Slate magazine reporter recently wrote, come 2020 at least, one major Democratic candidate for president is going to campaign on outright canceling a boatload of student debt. That's, that's going to be the whole campaign slogan, according to an article in Slate magazine. You see, today, for millions of Americans, there's no more powerful political promise than a debt jubilee. I believe you're going to see politicians real soon uh, saying things like, we'll wipe out your debts. I'll allow you to start fresh. Uh, I will reward you for all the bad decisions you've made. Uh, I will solve Americans' massive income inequality, and so on and so forth. But what people need to understand... Is who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for this? And you guessed it. You know, I mean, it, it, you got it, you know, you, me, and millions of Americans with pension, retirement accounts, and other type of savings and investments. We are expected; will be expected to bail out people's bad decisions. You know. Uh, we're we're going to we have to allow people to have a fresh start, and so on and so forth. In the past, you know, people in Washington disguise this jubilee under a different name. They that they might call it a national restoration or the Patriarch, Patriotic Sovereignty Act. I mean, who knows what they're going to call it? Uh, they'll pass an act like was p- passed back in 1841, or they'll have some type of executive order to mandate the Secretary of the Treasury, which also happened in 1971. But it all means the exact same thing the Jubilee will redistribute hundreds of billions of dollars. For those who have invested and saved to those who can no longer pay their debts. And as entrepreneurs, as people who believe in freedom and free enterprise, no matter whether, and again, I try to look at this as the the 20-something-year-old Dale who was over $50,000 in excess debt, three kids. How would I feel about, you know, the rich paying off my debt? Uh, you know, I understand the appeal, but I think we all have to be very aware of what's really happening right now. Uh, what What is this jubilee going to look like in the real world? How it, will it really unfold in America? And what will it really mean for you, your money, your retirement? and more importantly, your freedom in the free enterprise system. Can you imagine, ultimately, what we would be doing is working for the government government, and be taxed at 70%, 80% or more, and then the government would provide a minimal living wage, and it's just kind of, kind of, Fascinating when you really take the time to look at where things are and understand, you know, my, you know, my whole thing is uh, before all this hits the fan, I, I think there's going to be a rapture as a Christian. I mean, that's what I think. But it's like it's almost like it's inevitable. And and we see the beginnings of this right now where, you know, people want to blame Steve Jobs for building Amazon. And again, I can I can talk about the the either side of that story. But the bottom line is uh he quit his job, he put everything on the line and he built an unbelievable company. So because of that we should all and I'm not the biggest Steve Jobs fans job fan in the world i'm just talking about it from a pure entrepreneur free enterprise standpoint and and he built a huge company and are, how are the workers treated that we can talk about that we can talk about a lot of things but it, you know they don't, nobody's forcing anybody to work there okay but again why should we expect Mark Zuckerberg or the the top stockholders in Google or Elon Musk or whatever to pay for other people's bad decisions? And, and again, I can argue both of this because if we hadn't come off the gold standard, I think things would be different than they are. So there's a lot of things at play here. There's a lot of things at, pl- at play. Uh, but my main thing that I wanted to communicate today is network marketers. You know, network marketing, gives it's like it gives people the opportunity to wipe out our debts. It did me. It I mean, I had no hope of paying off $50,000 in excess loan in the IRS and everything. If it hadn't been for network marketing, my job, it was never going to happen. Network marketing was my opportunity, my way out. It was. And network marketing gives us all the opportunity to create a fresh start. It gives us all opportunity to make up for bad decisions. Uh, there is no inequality inequality in network marketing did you hear what I said there is none there is none here's the opportunity it doesn't matter your race background age uh, what country you're from here it is what can you do with it can you develop the skill sets mindsets Necessary to develop a large productive producing team of people. That's it. And see, for me, I think back and I think you know there's other people that have done it. If they've done it, I believe I can do it because other people with average intelligence have done it. And I'm not afraid to work. And I can get past fear, failure, fear rejection. I had to work on. It. I look at it. It hasn't changed, guys. The game is the game, and you can win the game. You can win the game, but it's going to take a tremendous amount of focus. But this profession offers a lot of answers for the, the frustrations and the aggravations that so many people around the world feel. Yes, if we hadn't come off the gold standard, I think things would be different. But you know what? We're off the gold standard. Network marketing is the answer for many people. And when you're in the marketplace and when you develop people and when you sponsor people on your team, uh, understand there's a lot of people that have a lot of unspoken desperation. And this really is the answer. And for a lot of people, this profession means a lot for them. It means a lot for them. And we shouldn't take that for granted. Again, many of the challenges that we face as a profession we brought upon ourselves, as I talk about in the scam audio, you know, that we recorded, what, 1999. You know, we did move into a major speculation stage, which cost us as a profession. We got away from the foundation of building people, people build the business. Uh, and, you know, we did. And it has created precipitation, especially in the United States. The last couple of years, sales in the U.S. have dropped. Two years in a row, first time ever. So I believe working together and doing things right, loving people enough to tell them the truth and what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear, uh, this profession can be turned around. And I believe that the, I, bel- I sincerely believe that The 27% of success system that we're part of with the Network Marketing Magazine is going to be the foundation for a lot of that. We're just seeing it right now. You know, it's the impact that it's making for people. If you haven't seen that, I'm sure you have if you listen to this podcast. But go check out the webinar I did at TakeBackTheIndustry.com. And if you're a leader, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do is get every person on your team enrolled in that platform. It will support everything that you're doing. It will make a huge impact for the, for everyone on your team. I, I just promise you. Uh, I've just seen it. It will help you identify who to work with and who not to work with. But the main thing that I wanted to share this, this week on this podcast is entrepreneurs in and outside of the network marketing business model. We got to be aware of what's happening, and we have to protect capitalism, and we have to tech protect the free enterprise system. I don't begrudge people that the extreme wealthy, the Steve Jobs and the tech people. I don't. I don't have any ill feelings towards them. I have no ill feelings towards people that are, uh, you know, raised on how to live off the government and everything that they're doing is from a what's in it for me mentality and how can I get something free. We all are who we are based upon a lot of things. And, but the beautiful part is we all have the ability to grow, learn, develop, become more than we ever thought. to to make a huger impact than we ever thought. Uh, We don't have to stay victims of our environment because in America, and in free enterprise countries throughout the world, we have the opportunity to grow, learn, develop, and develop proper skill sets and mindsets that over time can, for our family, and create generational wealth by just following basic, simple ideas that have been revealed to all of us in books like um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, The Millionaire Next Door, and the list goes on and on and on. But if you're spending your time reading People magazine and RAG publications, Uh, that you pick up at the grocery store line, so you can keep in the loop on some celebrity, uh, the latest celebrity gossip, and if that's where you choose to spend your time, energy, and effort, and then expecting the government and your company uh, to take care of you puts people in a bad situation. Puts people in a bad situation. Again, we've all made mistakes in our life. Some people make them daily. You're not going to build people. You're not going to build your team with those people. Some people make them daily. You know, people. I, people say they So many people I know they need it so bad. There's a reason they need it. There's a reason they need it. You're looking for people that are looking for you in this profession, and that's not the majority. The majority of people want to do whatever that's comfortable and they, want, and they want to be taken care of, which is true based upon the stat, just being aware of that and, and understanding when you find somebody that is willing to join your team and go to work with you that you need to respect that person, respect their time, and let them, give them tell them the truth. You know, it's a three to five year game plan. They're not going to get rich overnight. They're not going to make $10,000 their first month. Uh, let them know that it's viable. And you need to make sure that you're involved with a viable company with a viable product and opportunity to the best of your ability, to the best of your ability. If you wouldn't sell the product or service to your mama, don't sell it to anybody else. Uh, I hope some of what I've said has been a brain tweak for you. I don't want it to be, like I said, I don't want this to be Debbie Downer. I just want people to be real about where we are in this profession and the positive impact, the positive impact network marketing can have. Uh, on the free enterprise system and the need that the world has at this point in time for good people that, that understand that we, we have something that can absolutely change people's lives and we shouldn't take that for granted. We should not take it for granted. Respect capitalism, free enterprise, and the importance of network marketing in today's world. If your team's been knocked out of the tournament, go Big Blue. Those of you listening, the week it comes out, sure, Kentucky y'all. Y'all have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the teaching is in the words. But the learning is in the silence.